welcome to another episode of Widdicombe, Webb and Wobbets. I'm Emma Webb and I'm joined by the former Shadow Home Secretary and Brexit Party MEP Anne Widdicombe and comedian Abby Wobbets. Hello. <laughs> I would like to say that this uh, week, in the last couple of weeks, the only show in town has been a COP26, the Eco Circus, as I'm referring to it now. Um, but actually, there have been an awful lot of other very troubling things and that's why Abby is dressed in black in mourning for mourning our for my country um, uh, particularly on the free speech front um, a number of uh, strange woke and uh, free speech issues in various different institutions which we will get on to but first shall we start with the eco circus and um, what we have seen in the last couple of days with the hypocrisy I think is probably the best way to a lot of load of hypocrisy um, it clouds and clouds of emissions coming behind those planes as they all came in. Um, you know, they then got uh, umpteen cars at their service. Uh, I don't believe for one moment that they're all electric. 85 uh, cars in Biden's uh, cavalcade. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it is completely hypocritical, but it's hypocritical without the sort of end result that might justify it. Because mm -hmm. so long as China is not uh, going to be actively involved, yeah. um, we might as well forget it. You know, yeah. we contribute a little 1% mm -hmm. uh, of emissions. We might as well forget it unless you can get the big players committed. And this so, is a point that Peter Hitchens has made yeah. as well, which is that you, you, you're basically, it's a, because it's a drop in the ocean, we're sacrificing ourselves um, yeah. for absolutely no effect if but countries even if like we, India and China but are even if we But even if we were producing more, I think it's, it's, the, it's the principle of the fact that we've got these people acting like they're Versailles, you know, we're back in Versailles, swanning around. Um, if, they, if they'd all swum here, swum to Glasgow mm -hmm. from where they were, um, and they moved out of their palatial homes into little eco kind of um, yurts, um, and they ate mud and rode bicycles, I'd say, do you know what, great guys, and all dressed in hessian, or just sort of like see-through. John the Baptist Yeah, John the Baptist. If you're going to go full eco, if you're going to tell everyone else that, oh, no, the, the planet's burning, you better change your mm. own ways before you start dictating to other people. Otherwise, no everyone's going to ignore it. And did you see the uh, Daily Mail, uh, though I think they've now rewritten the article, but the original headline that they ran with pointed out that Carrie had eco-credentials because she was very much like Anne's lovely red blazer, was wearing a, a Zara blazer um, that apparently she'd worn twice, and that was evidence of her eco-credentials. Oh. And Lots of people pointing out Ridiculous, that they've been wearing the, yeah. same, uh, the, the same fleece for the last 25 years. <laughs> but that smells nice. <laughs> kind of luxury communism. That's what it is, isn't it? I mean, it's literally like, look at us. That's nothing to do with... with um, but it's, it's do do as I say, not yeah. as I do. I mean, yeah. that, that is the... It's a bit like Meghan Markle, actually. Yeah. That is the crux. Of exactly, it. and yeah. also, and also, as you say, Ab, why are they going for, um, you know, only down the warming? I tell you what, yeah. we're going we're to be in serious trouble if everyone's gone down the warming route, and in fact, it turns out that we might might be going into a cooling phase. Because guess what? How are we going to heat the? How are we going to heat the plant? Heat, heat our homes. There was, we have no there was a professor also uh, on GB News was talking about how um, the, the fossil fuel companies have essentially not been invited to the party. So they're actually having this conference about the fossil fuel industry, but not inviting them along. And he was saying that one of the ways that you could approach the problem is by decarbonizing fuel. Apparently it's possible to decarbonize fossil fuels. Um, and it made it sound as if what, we were, what actually is going on is just a sort why of can't we just pantomime. Build it's just a diplomatic yeah. pantomime. Why can't we just build yeah. nuclear? Nuclear on the table. Exactly. Just have done with it. Yeah. And if we build nuclear, it's 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 everlasting. Mm. It's clean. Yes. It's safe. It's now. safe now. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's have it. 
and and be yeah. done with all these wind turbines which yeah. depend on the wind believe yes. it or not exactly no, the, the wind is in the name it depends <laughs> exactly. on the wind exactly uh, so it's not uh, a windy day bad luck everyone you're not getting any electricity solar depends on the uh, the, the sun yeah, yeah, and yeah. if solar activity is changing which this is the other thing as well why does nobody mention solar activity what the no. sun's doing it's absurd we're talking about global warming with le and leaving out the oh, sun. No, the one person I heard talk about that the other day was actually Lembit Opic. Oh, he's brilliant. Who, who, who normally talks nonsense, but who was talking <laughs> absolutely good sense uh, about what the sun was doing. Yeah. But we never hear that. We're yes. being encouraged to believe it's all about what we're doing. Exactly. And if I light a coal fire, that you know is, mm -hmm. is going to bring about the end of the world. But what the sun's doing doesn't matter at all. Yes, exactly. It's, it's, it's dogma. It's ideology. I mean, I know there's a great guy. Um, I think he's American called Rex Fleming. I don't know if you've heard of him. He used to be in NASA in the 70s. So he, he um, was all up for this. He was like totally like, yeah, man, it's all to do with human beings, like burning too many. And then he suddenly had an epiphany, woke up and started questioning the narrative and was then shot out of all the you know climatology yeah. institutions uh, and and to this day do you he's, think he's the problem i tell you what the problem is i tell you emma what the problem is it is there's so much money invested exactly in exactly. the warming yes the research i mean you know half the universities would suddenly find you know their funding disappearing precisely it's, yeah, it's, it's and you know what's interesting you know james dellingpole's book watermelons which i highly recommend which is <laughs> that the green movement is green on the outside and red on the inside, inside. Yeah. and and what the, and i remember there was something that really struck me when i read it which is that if 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 an ideology from the left is making money then that's when you really have to ask yeah. what mm -hmm. its credentials are is the reason why we see like I so I personally am probably one of the only people in the country who is lukewarm on climate change. I don't really Heretic. have an opinion in one way or the other. But if it is the case that global warming is a problem, are we actually holding ourselves back? Because like you mentioned nuclear, there are other benefits to nuclear as well, like yeah. making ourselves independent from other countries that yeah. might not have our best like interests France, at heart. Yeah, exactly. Russia, France, yeah. So yeah. so my question is and we can talk about Justin Welby. I'm sure we've got lots of opinions on him and his comments on this. Um, but is it the sort of like the the ideological um, puritanism around climate change mm. and how um, exclusive this this sort of eco elite has become? Is it actually excluding options that could actually be useful if they had a place in the debate things like nuclear but also this professor who was talking about decarbonizing fossil fuel hydrogen, hydrogen. yeah exactly yeah. yeah although i wouldn't put one to put a lit match next to hydrogen because well that really would be a bit, a bit be yeah, yeah, well we don't really even have a, a proper public like pro public discussion no, about the costs of net zero and lots of yeah. people have been talking this week about having a referendum on net but zero there's no such thing as net be. zero this is the crazy thing Climate, it, you know something, that it, it's language is, is being bastardised so that climate change is actually a phrase that people think makes sense. But yeah. the climate's been changing yeah. for bill, billions of years. I mean, it's just crazy. And it changes forwards and backwards. And all exactly, the time. Yeah. forwards and yeah. backwards, and you have, you know, peaks and troughs. It's the same with um, with this net, net carbon. It doesn't, there's no such thing as net, net carbon. carbon. I mean, everything's made of carbon. This is made of carbon. We're all made of carbon. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. It, it, it's, it's, um, it's not science, it's dogma. And that's why we are where we are with many things, not just the climate. So ju I mentioned Justin Welby because I wanted to get your thoughts on his comments because we talked about obviously the Church of England um, on the last episode. Um, he 
Get, he, he made some comments to Laura Koonsberg, the BBC political editor, um, and then immediately had to apologise for them. Um, and she tweeted saying that he had told her that leaders will be, quote, cursed if they don't reach agreement in the next fortnight and suggests a failure to act would, pos would be possibly, wait for it, more grave than leaders who ignored warnings about the Nazis in the 30s. So obviously he's apologised for this very quickly, even before he'd really been criticised very much for it. He said, I unequivocally apologise for the words I use when trying to emphasise the gravity of the situation facing us at COP26. It's never right to make comparisons with the atrocities brought by the Nazis, and I'm sorry for any offence caused to Jews by these words. I mean, the man can't do anything right, can Keep he? Keep digging, Justin. You're nearly in Australia. Should he? Uh, what should, do you think? Should people well, like <laughs> should people like Welby and and Prince Charles even be sticking their nose into well, this? I mean, Prince Charles is somewhat different because whatever you can say about Charles, the one thing you can't say about him is that he doesn't practice what he preaches. I mean, he's got all these initiatives going on, uh, and uh, I, I, you know. I may think he's barred me to talk to plants, uh, but never Does he do that. <laughs> don't well, talk about, about Camilla like that. Uh, don't be rude. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm a Camilla fan, just just in case anybody interprets that uh, as as me being complicit with it. Uh, my being complicit with it. Let's be grammatical. So um, what was I talking about? Yes, Prince Charles, I think is one thing, but you know, Justin Welby. What is the mission of the Church on Earth? I always thought it was to save souls. Mm -hmm. But the Church of England appears to have thought it's to make political pronouncements mm. and, but, and, and to make them almost for pastime. But because this has become, uh, we were saying that it's become sort of purist and exclusive, be mm. because that's the case, does that mean that um, in the case of the Church, but also in the case of Prince Charles, the Queen, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, should they be more careful about the way that they engage with issues surrounding the climate, given that in the past, obviously Charles has been a, an eco guy for a very long time, and I agree with that. I think it's a really good thing to be a, a responsible custodian of the planet, but now it's become more of a political issue. Should they be more careful about well, the sorts of things that they say? I mean, first of all, to be fair, the monarch said nothing on the record. It was something that was picked up yes, and, and then blown up. And that, now, I, I don't think you can uh, you can complain about that at all. I mean, I think this monarch has been the model of discretion yes. uh, mm -hmm. throughout. Uh, and, and I'm not worried about that. And what did she say at the end of the day? She said she gets irritated by people who talk and don't do, frankly, so do I. Yes. Uh, I so I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Charles has always said, but I think in view of the state of Her Majesty's health and her age, he might now start putting what he's saying into practice. He's always said there's an enormous difference between being the Prince of Wales and being the monarch. And he knows that when he is the monarch, he's not going to be able to make these sorts of comments. Mm -hmm. I think he should start practising now. Yeah. I mean, there's just one slight problem, which is that he's, he's been so vocal about this that it's going to be, it, it's going to be um, quite difficult for him, I think, to row back on quite a lot of it. And I would say with Justin Welby, I mean, maybe this is, this is actually a good example of, of um, how if you have an absence of God in yeah. society, yeah, yeah, that then yeah. you create other faiths false prophets mm. and um that's, that's and other heresies and other heresies and other heresies but the so, idea that they would yeah. be cursed if they failed cursed if you how dare you you know not well then tell you what justin give up all your worldly goods go and live in an igloo and <laughs> actually and to move out of lambeth palace fair, into the wigwam to be fair to justin welby to be fair to justin welby he gave up 
uh, a very wealthy career at a bank. So oh, to well be, done. No, 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 no. To be fair to him, he did that uh, in, in order to do something that he thought was more important. I do mm. think it's crucial to be fair to yes. people because they're not fair to people. Mm. And therefore, you know, it, it's, it's um, perhaps it's a demonstration to them of what they should be doing. Yes, and maybe he's better at running a bank, <laughs> you know, being in the church. I mean, the thing is, I just think he's, I think it's really unfair to, to, to terror, terrify not, I mean, adults are terrified enough by this ridiculous of it. Children, mm. you know, think about what Justin World, what those words about, you know, they'll be cursed. You know, it'll be like you know, the Nazis. They're also setting themselves up for Dreadful. failure. The yeah. idea that if we don't succeed, then humanity will be doomed yeah. puts an awful lot of weight on the yeah. British shoulders, I think, in this. Yes. Our little 1%, don't forget. Exactly. And, and, and when realistically, yeah. we can't do anything when we can't force the hand of China and India. Although, so. although, although I sometimes think, sorry, just to, to be a slight, uh, put a dampener on it, yeah that the 1% argument is getting a little bit, wearing a little bit thin now. Why? Be well, because if we are pursuing the wrong, if we're not looking at plan B, which is the cooling bit, then it doesn't really, it doesn't matter what we're, it doesn't matter what we're producing, because it's the principle no, of the thing. No, but, but the, the point is, we're, we're they are of... arguing on the basis of warming, and they're arguing on the basis of warming. Yeah. And therefore you are entitled to say to them, okay, supposing you're right, yeah. we're only doing 1%. What on earth use is all of this? So I want to yeah. get your thoughts on something else. That, sorry, I'm oh. interrupting you. I'm moving. I move because we could talk about this all day. So I'm moving you on to something that's going to make you even more angry. And which is crossed the... off climate. <laughs> the list. Yeah, I've just, I've just eliminated. Eco scientists done. Yeah. Um, so this, this will make you even more angry. Um, and that is the uh, online safety bill proposals coming from um, the Law Commission that people could be potentially sentenced to two years in prison if they. They post something online that is considered to be uh, likely to cause psychological harm to another adult, I might add, not, not children. Um, and it talks about the harmful effect. It's again, it's that radical subjectivism that we've talked a lot about in the past. Um, and it also includes um, new laws surrounding misinformation. So intentionally posting false information. The example that has been used is um, anti-vaxxers. So what are, your, what are your thoughts on We're that? We're living in Maoist China. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to call. I'm going to call. I'm, I'm sick of this. You know, namby pambying around this issue. We are not. We do not have a conservative government. We are slowly, not even slowly. We are hurtling down a slippery slope, so slippery that it's <laughs> it's owned by Mr. Slippery from Slippy Down. In all seriousness, I am. I. We cannot keep sort of being polite about the about the government that we've got at the moment. Let, let, let alone I the global I, elite I, I, that are running the thing that the, I find so, and we talked about this before we were filming, that I find so troubling about not just this, but other other suggestions as well, commission, suggestions coming from the Law Commission, the hate crime act in Scotland yeah. that is now legislation, mm. is this idea that th this should even be a subject for legislation. This is something that we should even be discussing. I the idea of hard. likely psychological harm. Well, hang on. Uh, if you're actually looking at online safety, then you do have to consider things like um, encouragement to suicide. Mm. You do have to consider how that impacts on uh, teenagers. Uh, you do have to consider those things. I'm not saying there is no case at all. But what we know, what we absolutely know from the experience uh, of the last couple of decades is these things grow like tops. Yeah. And what may start off mm. very reasonable and very mm -hmm. restrained becomes ridiculous. And the thing about hate crime is it isn't necessary objectively to have uh, committed an offence. Mm. It is if somebody else perceives that you mm -hmm. have committed yes. an offence. Yes. Since when? 
Can, can some one person's perception define a legal offence? Mm. And also, what about the psychological harm that the government and its policies have 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 wreaked on the on the public, you know, on the great British public? What about that? And no consideration for the harm caused to society by the chilling effect on free speech that stops people being yeah. able to discuss things in the first place. Yes, being fearful, constantly chipping away. And I think you know, it's time we really, really started mm. taking this seriously, and there was action. You know, because otherwise, you know, I mean, intellectuals are all very well, you know, intellectuals like Douglas Murray talking about it and saying, oh, my goodness, you know, Western civilization. But actually, it's happening now. Mm. So, you know, we have to people like, like myself are going to have to maybe get on the ramparts. I think the, Sorry, the suggest, suggestion that um, of, of even being reported, as it was in, in The Times and other papers as well, that of two years in prison for something that you post online I do it's too. surely I, got I do to be time. enough to make people think well I'll just stay on the safe side and I won't express any opinions at all I'd happily do two oh, years except those that are, are, are orthodox of course you know the modern orthodoxy mm. so uh, you can express yeah. those opinions yeah well it's so, only certain so this, the, this these proposals mm. are also supposed to deal with what they call twitter pylons uh, the question there would be twitter pylons of what variety how would they would it would that as you say would that only be if it's against the orthodoxy, is it going to oh, include Twitter pylons yes, against people? Uh, Twitter you know, pylons against people who are regarded as a so. If someone posts something, mm. say, um, I'm thinking like a Catholic priest posts something that is an orthodox Christian opinion that is regarded mm. as having caused Offense. or likely to cause psychological harm against women who may have had an abortion. Yes. as an example. And if that that priest is then subject to a Twitter pylon. Which way does it go if they are regarded as having caused psychological harm mm. or, you know, it, or will it be the people who have orchestrated the pylon that will end up in trouble for that? I mean, it just yeah. seems like this is not something that you should well, even be trying to legislate for. The lawyers for. will have a field day. The lawyers yeah. will have a field day uh, in both directions. And Surely it's unmanageable in that sense. Now, I think you should pick out certain things. I mean, you know, encouragement of suicide is, is something that you can pick out. And I think there are one or two other things that you can pick out, actual direct threats of physical harm, I think mm. you can pick out. But the idea of this sort of great generality of Sweeping anything that is likely yeah. to cause psychological harm, well, all you've got to do is say, I am psychologically damaged, and you've mm. got an offence, which is mm -hmm. ludicrous. Um, yeah. <laughs> shall we talk about the uh, old Vic decision to um, cancel Terry Ooh. Gilliam? We're on the subject of free speech still, yeah, yeah. Um, over his views on trans, apparently. So um, Terry Gilliam, for anyone who doesn't know, um, is a, was formerly in Monty Python. Um, so he's a comedian. He was, he's, uh, apparently this decision has been made because his views had concerned staff. Um, he was about to co-direct a musical called Into the Woods at the Old Vic. Sometime, yeah. Um, and so some of his views that he'd expressed, um, he'd supported Dave Chappelle, the comedian who yeah. was they were trying to get his show taken down from Netflix because he'd made some trans jokes um, and he described Dave Chappelle as being socially aware, dangerously provocative and gut-wrenchingly funny. Um, he'd made some comments about the Me Too movement being a witch hunt, said that he hated um, yeah, yeah, Harvey yeah. Weinstein but also said that decent people were getting hammered yep. by um, the movement and so they've now made this decision essentially to not run the show as planned. Well, I mean, it, it is insane. It is yet another demonstration of the way that we've lost sight of what free speech is, mm. actually. Yeah. This country no longer understands what free speech is. Speech is only free if you happen to agree with state orthodoxy. Yeah. And if you right. don't agree with the orthodoxy of opinion, uh, then, you know, you mustn't speak. And frankly, it's the modern inquisition. 
That's yeah. what we've got. We've got a modern inquisition. It is every bit as bad, except mm. that it doesn't use physical torture, but in all other ways it is as bad as, and on the same principles as, yeah. the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> it really is. Which modified the <laughs> nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> it's so true that Terry, Terry Gilliam should be, how the irony that he should be, you know, suffering from precisely the thing he made jokes about, you know, with Monty Python. But I would, I think one of the things, and I found it hilarious, he said he... <laughs> Um, I think this was a few years ago, he said he identifies as a black lesbian. And of course, everyone <laughs> laughed raucously because he's a funny man. That's what he does. He makes jokes. And the fact that the old Vic, the fact that they have actually listened to these little sort of, sort of you know... And how many of them were there, I wonder? Oh, probably like a handful. Probably sort of coming in and saying, how dare you have this ma this white And the people man. who go to the Arctic, what about what they would want? Are yes, they exactly. being consulted Yes, exactly, probably not. And I have to say, this is not the first time this has happened. It happened at the Soho Theatre. Mm. They pulled a show of a great comedian who had, had already had a successful show. So they, the same show, but somebody had spotted a line in it, which was, you know, they thought, mm, that's that, that we, so they, his show was pulled. It's not dissimilar from the sort of thing that you see in publishing where you get complaints from staff yeah. members as like with Jordan Peterson's book when yeah. staff members apparently cried because they didn't want to publish his book 12 Rules for Life. Um, they didn't want and to do critical thinking, oh no. It's the same with J.K. Rowling also, so yes. many of these, yeah. so many publishers, in, internal complaints from staff. Why, do they oh, why don't backbone? they stand up yes, to them? This is what I don't understand. I mean, why don't they stand up to them? Why didn't yeah. the old Vic say get a life? Yes, exactly. So oh. another institution that's gone bad, oh. or in a, in a similar way, um, and this is this is really the this is the icing on the cake. This story, um, the Tate Britain has an exhibition about uh, William Hogarth, uh, which is called uh, I think it's called Hogarth and Europe, and um, it, Hogarth is known for these depictions of drunken lads brawling and um, <laughs> that's probably not a very intellectual way of describing it. 18th century. Newcastle on a Saturday night. That's what he was doing, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so now this, um, this, this exhibition at the Tate has got a number of descriptions of Hogarth's work, which I'm just going to read them out to you because I think that, I mean, it's, it's, it's sad, but in a way it's amusing. Um, and so for one of his um, paintings, a, a Midnight Modern Conversation, which is one of his early works, um, which shows men who are drunk on punch. Um, th this is the description. It says, while the picture is superficially moralizing, we are clearly meant to find the men's woozy misbehavior funny. However, we might also consider that the punch they drink and the tobacco they smoke are, materials, are, mat uh, are material uh, links to a wider world of commerce, exploitation and slavery. <laughs> it goes on to say um, that they are, it, it is queasily celebrating such manly misdemeanours, what we might today call laddishness. And, oh, good grief. And here's another one. So uh, Hogarth's self-portrait of himself of him sitting on a wooden chair. Um, there's an artist called Sonia Barrett who apparently uses 18th century furniture in her whatever it is that she does. <laughs> Sounds and, thrilling. Um, and she's described this image as in her commentary on it, I presume in the gallery is alongside the image, says, um, the chair is made from timbers shipped from the colonies via routes which oh. also shipped enslaved people. Could the chair also stand in for all those unnamed black and brown people enabling the society oh, that yeah. supports his vigorous creativity? 
They also made points about Brexit. Um, it just it goes on and on. Um, they said that the the the, the, the exhibition itself um, couldn't offer an account of Hogarth that was external to the heritage of colonialism because the exhibition is a Eurocentric project. And this is this is a direct quote from the curators. They said. Um, as the authors of the framing narratives and the organizers of the sequences of works reflected here, we have to acknowledge these, these occluded perspectives occluded, yeah. um, and, and the, the possibility of, it's so difficult to read, it's such jargon, the possibility Is it still going about the work of art? More radical, decentering, the, <laughs> the possibility for other more radical, decentering perspectives that would represent more fully the agencies of those subject to colonial violence. So take a breath. My God, I mean. <laughs> Is that still Sonia, what's her name, Barrett? With the, the, the wooden chair? The, those, that was, those were the curators of the, of the exhibition. I mean, oh. it is, it's incomprehensible it's to a normal. Actually. It's beyond it is. parody. Yeah, you're it's right. absolutely beyond if, parody. If yeah. a per so trying to read out the word salad, if mm. a normal person <laughs> were to go to visit it, this, in a way, is actually, it's quite snobby of them. They're, they're using language that excludes normal people from being able to go and read about the art because mm. anybody that hasn't had yeah, but a... normal people will go and look at the pictures and enjoy them and make their own interpretation. They would, yes, yeah, quite. normal people do. But they yes, were. Yeah, they some, Somebody, somebody else to tell them a what whole essay. No, not at all. But somebody who I mean, you can see what they're trying to do with the language. It's almost like they're trying to exclude yeah. normal people from being able to understand anything to do with the art whatsoever. I mean, talking about decentering perspectives, it's a very specific academic. Mm. Yeah. Jargon. It's got a Bolshevik. Like here's an <laughs> art, but only but you can't enjoy it. Only we can enjoy it. And we'll, you tell, and we'll tell you what you should think and we'll about tell you it. What, exactly. We'll tell you yeah. what you should think about it. And you could live in poverty so, and, and total insanity, <laughs> totally mad. Right, that's total the funny And also lavish. That, 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 so that, that was that comedy interval. And, and that, that was the icing on the cake. We've come to an end, actually. Oh. And I think we should, I think we should have Goodness. a lavish <laughs> glass of wine. We'll have something lavish. Uh, yeah, yeah it'd be raucous. So insanity, insanity. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Um, like, comment, and subscribe if you feel that way inclined. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you, Abby. Thank you, Anne. I'm still and, in a state uh, of amusement. Utter <laughs> amusement. <laughs> Try not to despair.